If you have a lot of baggage in your past and you just project that into your future, if your life in yesterday was bad, well, my life tomorrow will also be bad, you're looking at your life only through the lens of your own limited vision. But what does God see? everyone, this is Darby McClatchy, the Communications Director here at St. Gabriel Catholic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Today we are finishing our podcast series on anxiety, which we've offered through our parish's mental health and wellness ministry. This is our fourth conversation with two members of our parish. We have Christine Simpson, a therapist in private practice, and Father Mike Mitchell, our parochial vicar. Last time, we talked with them about some strategies for reducing anxiety that focus on our daily habits and routines. Christine and Father Mike shared great practices to introduce calm into your life, things that we hope that you can use whether you're a student, if you're in the workplace, maybe you take care of loved ones at home, or you're retired. And if you missed any of our earlier podcasts, we hope you'll go back and listen to them. And again, we'd like to mention that we're offering this podcast for education and information only. It's important to talk with your own medical or mental health professional about your personal needs. So let's get started. Christine, welcome back. Thank you. So let's pick back up on the topic of habits and routines from our last podcast and talk about how health-related lifestyle choices impact anxiety. Absolutely. I think that um, this is one of the more important things to, for us to talk about, and I think it's something that all of us can uh, really be vigilant about and mindful of in our days. Um, it's really important to choose the healthy lifestyles and habits for ourselves. And when I say this, I'm describing things that are, these are truly natural medications for anxiety and even depression. Um, the first thing that I would recommend to people is that when they are trying to manage anxiety and depression is to consider um, the three things of how well are you sleeping, how well, um, how good is your sleep hygiene, so to speak, and that means are you going to bed at a good time, are you waking up around the same time every day, are you sleeping in a room that's cool, are you sleeping in a room that's dark, are you turning TV and electronics off? Uh, oftentimes, I'll recommend to people not to go to bed with their phone next to their bed. I know a lot of people like to use that for an alarm, but you can put it in the bathroom um, just to step away. It's a good way to make yourself get up anyway. So having things like that to help you get a good night's sleep is very, very important because sleep is very important to our, our mood. Good nutrition is another important part of this. Um, eating well. I'm not saying anything you know, specific about diets, but just making sure that you're eating well and fueling your body and helping your body to regulate. Good exercise habits are important as well, and that doesn't have to be an all-out heavy-duty exercise program. It can just be getting up and taking a walk, um, moving your body like we've talked about in the other podcasts as well. Um, but, but sleeping and eating and exercise are the three things that you really have control over. And they're often things that people are, are more comfortable with because they are not medication. And people often have a hard time thinking about taking medication if their anxiety has gotten so bad. So those are the three things I first recommend to people to really look at and try. They All three of those things regulate our mood and 
you know from when you've had, um, if you've had children, when babies are hungry, when babies are tired, they're going to let you know. And a lot of times we ignore that in ourselves. Um, and it can really create some difficulty for us in our moods if we don't pay attention to those things. Christine, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking that sometimes in times of anxiety, for me, it's hard to fall asleep. Yes, and that's that's a common thing for people, either falling, having difficulty falling asleep or then waking up in the middle of the night. Um, and that's honestly, that's a place where people could use the technique of imagery. So when I referred to going through your five senses in an earlier podcast, that would be something you could do with this to create a scene of a detailed scene of a place that you would love to be. It doesn't have to be a place that you've been before. It can be something you completely make up. It can even be sitting on your couch next to your, your pet and feeling the warmth of your pet and you know petting them. And it, they're simple little things like that, but when you get into the detailed parts of it with all of your senses involved in that, it becomes a very calming experience for people. And oftentimes it's something that if they've practiced it enough and they can bring it to their attention, um, at night, if they're trying to fall asleep or they wake up, it'll help to put them back to sleep. And Father Mike talked in an earlier podcast about some prayers like the rosary. Absolutely. I know I found that for myself yes. in the middle of the night praying yes. that. I don't even remember when I drifted back off to sleep. But it's a beautiful so way to, to calm back down. So that's a good segue into the topic of our thoughts and our thinking. How does that impact anxiety? The time that we've been talking about all this, we've talked a lot about just our bodies, but our thinking has such an impact on um, anxiety and depression in our lives. An important thing for all of us to understand is that our thoughts create our feelings, which then drive our behavior. So there is a direct correlation between all of these things. And when we're thinking negative things, we're going to feel a negative emotion associated with that. And then our behavior reflects that. So I often tell people this is where you have an option. Your power is, how, is in how you think of the situation. Um, this leads us to something which we call automatic negative thoughts or thinking traps. Um, for children, I like to call it stinking thinking. They think that's cute. So um, it's, it's a matter of trying to change that thinking. And those thoughts can include things like making assumptions, thinking of things in terms of always or never, uh, focusing only on the negative, comparing yourself to other people or comparing your, what you have or what you don't have, uh, perfectionism, uh, things like I should do it this way, I have to do that. Um, all of those things, things can lead to very negative um, thoughts about yourself, about the world. And so it's helpful to remember that we have a choice in our thoughts and in the way that we see the things that happen in our lives. Um, as I said, I think that's where I always try to emphasize with people that's where your power is because we can't control the things that happen in our lives, but we can control the way that we perceive those things or the perspective that we have on the things that happen in our life. So when we're working with people to try to manage these things, we're often trying to help them learn how to challenge those thoughts to find more positive ways of thinking about the things that happen. And that's something that takes practice. It takes time um, because we're wired to protect ourselves and make sure that we're prepared for the worst case scenario. Um, so it takes time to think of things in a different way and practice those things and then challenge ourselves with that to get better and better at it. I can imagine that it might be hard to realize that I'm in a thinking trap or I have 
I'm using stinking thinking. Absolutely, it is. And I think that's one of the biggest parts of all of this for people is having awareness of what those are. Um, this is something you can probably Google and find out a little bit more about online of what cognitive distortions are, automatic thoughts. Um, and when you are aware of those things in, in your way of thinking, you have the um, option at that point to challenge yourself with those things and um, try working on that and thinking about things in a different way. I can imagine maybe even a simple thing like journaling and reading my thoughts another day yes. when I'm apart from those might help me see whether my thoughts were a little extreme or... Yes, yes, that's a great way to do it. Journaling is really helpful for people, especially when they're overthinking things to take it out of their mind, to write it down, and to be able to reflect back on that at some other point in time. Um, and that's often something that keeps people from getting to sleep sometimes, is the overthinking. Their brain won't shut down and creates that anxiety. So having a place to write those things down is very, very helpful. So over these four podcasts, we've talked a lot about strategies that we can try at home on our own. When do you recommend that someone might seek professional help? I would recommend that someone seek that professional guidance when they are struggling with things in their everyday life that's causing dysfunction to their life in some way. So that could be interfering in their jobs, uh, their work, their studies. It could be interfering in their relationships, um, interfering in their physical health. When they feel that they are not living the quality of life that they want to live, those would be the times to um, seek counseling, I would also recommend people maybe speak with their primary care doctor first just to discuss this and uh, receive guidance from them as well. So in our podcast notes, we'll also provide the contact information for Catholic Charities Counseling Services, and those are offered on a sliding scale fee, another option in our community. Christine, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Father Mike, let's bring you into the conversation. Thanks Thank for being you. here. Thanks for, thanks for having me on again. So let's talk about prayer. How can prayer help with anxiety and what spiritual resources are available to us? That's a great question. I, I want to start by simply uh, mentioning something that I have witnessed in these last few years over and over again. It's a problem, and it's the problem of over-spiritualizing things or hyper-spiritualizing parts of our life, right? What do I, I mean by that? Well, when uh, someone in your family is experiencing a depression and they're having a very difficult time functioning in life and getting out of bed in the morning, and uh, you could say to them, well, you should go pray more. If you only trusted God more, you wouldn't have these problems, right? Uh, as opposed to you know, saying, well, maybe they should also be seeking some, some help because depression is, is a real illness. It's not something that you can just, you know, overcome through praying a rosary and some holy water, right? That could happen, but probably, probably won't. God is probably going to ask you to uh, do some therapy or take, you know, there's some deeper ways of sol solving that problem. Another uh, case for this would be someone who's feeling always... Uh, when they're feeling a temptation towards a bad action or a negative thought, they can say, oh, it's the devil tempting me. You know, the devil's at my side here tempting me. And that might be true, but it also could be 
uh, just temptations that can come from our fallen human nature, from the world, from our environment, our peer pressure. It's not always something that just needs uh, a little bit of prayer and holy water, right? Here's another example, not uncommon to find uh, a woman who's in a, a marriage where her spouse, her husband is very physically and verbally abusive to her and the children. And to over-spiritualize it would be to say, well, God wants me to be faithful to my marriage vows, so I'm just going to endure this situation and not change anything and hope and pray. God, of course, can, through her prayers, uh, do a miracle. But at the same time, that would be over-spiritualizing a problem to just say, well, I only need to pray more. Right? So this is something that I, I, I witness often. As I mentioned in an earlier podcast, we are, we are body and soul, right? and there needs to be an integral approach to uh, our life difficulties, right? And that involves m- lots and lots of prayer and grace, and it also involves using all of the means God has given us and support from our loved ones, our family and friend, and support from the medical advice and professionals uh, is our gifts from God to us. In listening to you, Father Mike, I find it really helpful to hear that over-spiritualizing problems is something that you see often. It sounds like I'm not alone. I connected with some of the examples that you gave, and I want to give some more thought to that personally. But let's say, you know, that if we're giving prayer and faith an appropriate role, what are some other ways that we can use our faith for managing anxiety? I would say that our spiritual journey takes a lifetime, right? And God doesn't tend to rush us or hurry things up in our lives. He, he seems to peacefully wait little by little as the chapters of our life unfold, then he begins to heal some of those deeper wounds and fears that we have. But it can take a lifetime, and God takes his time. Right? But in our spiritual life, frequenting the sacraments, right? going to the Eucharist, going to Mass often, or the sacrament of reconciliation, that's a beautiful moment of being able to unburden your heart before our Lord. Daily prayer, doing a holy hour, that's a great uh, little prayer activity to uh, just spontaneously, sometime during the week, to say, I'm going to go do a holy hour. I'm going to spend an hour with Jesus. He did ask us, can you watch and pray with me for one hour? We mentioned spiritual guidance asking for advice and counsel from others. Living out our liturgy, the church gives us such uh, a beautiful gift in the, the seasonal liturgy, right? In the season of Lent, for example, we have that tradition of offering something up, like giving up chocolates or something. And, and that's, uh, those are great just traditional ways of being able to put a little bit of order and discipline into our life, right? We can't say no to you know, the bigger things that we should say no to if we can't say no to the little things. That little way of saying, I'm not going to put ketchup on my french fries during Lent. It might seem silly, but there is actually a deeply human uh, purpose for that. Uh, Even a retreat. The church offers retreats occasionally. Look up a time to spend a weekend away. How do you find that these practices help us with managing stress and anxiety? Over time, all of these different spiritual resources Uh, help us to uh, grow into those men and women who are deeply aware of the presence of God in their life. And and there's three things that happen. Uh, We've heard of, we talk often about faith, hope, and love. 
a deeply spiritual person who's, a, who's acquired that deep peace in their heart and soul, uh, who's just not, uh, who's, whose boat doesn't get rocked too much by the waves of life, you could say. Uh, when our faith becomes a faith beyond what is merely reasonable, right? often our faith is challenged when something happens that doesn't make sense. Right? Maybe a loved one who has an illness uh, or a tragedy or something like the pandemic of COVID, which changed our lives so much. We might be asking, where's God in all this? Why doesn't he do things? Why doesn't he answer my prayers? It's easy to believe in God when life makes sense. Right? But over a lifetime of prayer, it's also easy to believe in God when life doesn't make sense. We talk about our hope and our hope for the future, to be able to look to the future in a way that's positive. Right? We, talk, we, we sometimes use that expression, so-and-so has a lot of baggage from their past. Right? And uh, if you have a lot of baggage in your past, and you just project that into your future. If your life in yesterday was bad, well, my life tomorrow will also be bad. You're looking at your life only through the lens of your own limited vision. But what does God see? Right? To look at your tomorrow through the eyes of God is the virtue of hope. It's to see your future as God can see it, the, the story he could write, the miracle he could work. And someone who has a deep life of hope has let go of the past. They're not hampered by it or weighed down by it. And then lastly, someone who's had a lifetime of prayer and sacraments can learn to love without limits. It's easy to love someone who loves you. It's easy to love someone when they make you feel good, but it's not easy to love them when you don't get any return for that love. A magnanimous soul is a soul that has a wide open, generous heart that loves without limits and without measure. And that's the image of a saint. So I guess that would be my, my response. It takes a lifetime of prayer. Uh, there are no limits to prayer, but it does take a lifetime. Seems like there's a, a deep well of a peace that God is offering us in just maybe letting go, relaxing some about his pace, his timing, and enjoying this wide variety of gifts that he offers us. Yep, we have a lot of treasures in our Christian faith, and every day there's something new to discover. Right? God is, God is above all, uh, one who loves without limits. And each day, looking at our life that way, just uh, it, it becomes such a beautiful, a beautiful path that we're walking. Even if the waves of life can can rock our boat in one way or another, uh, with our faith, ultimately we know that our Lord is in the boat with us, and all will be well. Father Mike, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Darby. So all of those rich treasures that you reminded us of that our faith offers us, we will also share in our podcast notes. On behalf of all of us here at St. Gabriel Church, thank you to Christine Simpson and Father Mike Mitchell for sharing their time, their expertise, their knowledge, and especially their, their heart and compassion for all of us. This is a, a deeply 
prolonged and stressful time that we're in right now and um, just being present to us here and sharing with us some valuable ways that we might reduce anxiety will help us in these uncertain and difficult times. We invite you to visit our website at stgabrielchurch.org under mental health or also spiritual guidance for more information. We're grateful to be with you in faith and prayer.